This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Were Shubhrat Roy and Mahinda Rajapaksa separated at birth? The news website scroll certainly seems to think so. But let's cut them some slack because the real world of news has been grim and grimmer. There are forest fires raging through Uttarakhand and the other rage of a less literal variety are the scams that are making headlines. The Congress could have egg on its face thanks to the Augusta Westland fiasco. Meanwhile, Jairam Ramesh has posed some tough questions to the Prime Minister about the KG Basin. As far as questions go, though, the most juicy ones are raised by a recently released dossier on JNU, which allegedly has, and I quote, an organized sex racket. Fortunately, we have with us our very own Anand Ranganathan, who can confirm this or deny this. We'll find out. Also with us is Garima Chitkara. For those who haven't seen the RBI defaulters list that she has done with Manisha Pandey, you should. Garima is a freelance journalist covering Asian financial markets, banking and regulation. And this is her second time on Hafta. Surprised? Well, she was on Hafta's 50th episode, which was when we had two of our subscribers join us. And Abhinandan had proposed that we should work with Garima on air. And here we are. So, Angrez apna lagan and news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. And hum apna promise bhi kabhi nahi bhoolte. So, welcome to NL Hafta episode 65. I'm Dipanjana Pal and remember, when the corporate pays, media serves their interest and when the public pays, media serves public interest. And when NL makes a promise, NL keeps its promise, which is a very good reason to support us or support any other independent media you like. But I would highly recommend you subscribe to News Laundry instead. Manisha. Yes. Let's, uh, let's pick which topic we're going to begin with. I know you want to talk about the RBI default list. <laughs> How was your life during this? Oh God, I was a nervous ball of fear. Nervousness? Yeah, nervousness, <laughs> paranoia, just numbers all the time, just thinking, okay, are we getting this right? Are we doing this right? Are we, we just, I was basically a horror story and Garima would. And Garima, Garima was the calmer one. Yes, of she was her a, paranoia. <laughs> yeah, Garima, it's like, it's just Garima, numbers. Garima would just stare at me, she's like, hmm, do you, can you be, and even in my positivity, the last, when the story went, I was like, I hope the story does so well that our site crashes. She's like, even in your positivity, you present this negative scenario. <laughs> I think no, that means the story is done really well if the site crashes. So anyway, no, but it was um, really a lot of work. I just want to quickly say that uh, it's great that a lot of people in big media have followed up on the story. But it's been um, quite interesting because we had this list uh, and there was just so much, just, just over one lakh entries. And over a month, we just had to figure out how to make sense of it, look at the numbers, look at the companies. And especially when you don't have any information coming from RBI, coming from companies, everyone we got in touch with either told us not to publish names or said we don't know. So it was really the two of us, which makes it even more, you know, the task even more difficult for us because if we have to make sure that we get it right. And some of the things that were in the list, like the presence of LIC, um, we could not get a satisfactory response from anybody as to why they were on the list. So it made us it made us doubt our list many times, many times as to you know if nobody nobody seems to know that LIC is lending to corporates. I mean we read the LIC Act. I mean they're not allowed to by statute not allowed to lend to corporates. Yeah, so we had to figure out a lot of things. See LIC, in fact, the pa panelist on uh, TV18 mm -hmm. with uh, Shireen Bhan. I'm in love with Shireen Bhan. <laughs> she did such a lovely job for us. Shireen Bhan uh, mentioned news laundry uh, every two seconds. Yes. Yeah, that was lovely. I loved that. Which was lovely. I and the panelist, 
sorry i sort of felt like she was one of ours yeah. you know like she kept every other second there was news laundry there was news yeah. and actually I could she see was manisha like oh wait I'm her legal guys to had told yeah, her her legal guys had told her that give the ownership of the story to news to laundry us. so, so we are not legally bound which suited us fine we're not complaining because, yeah we're not complaining <laughs> but one of the panelists did mention that the biggest surprise in that list was LIC mm. yeah because nobody expected LIC now the interesting part With of LIC is lender. one they're not supposed to two there are directors who work for a period of time or people below him these this money is okayed or sanctioned whatever i can't presume that they get a benefit out of it but why would they do it is a question and then they move on there's no investigation so this is i think to me a tip of the iceberg what do you think anand <laughs> but you know i mean the the whole point is like the lic question that you brought up hmm. now this is a scam this is explosive i mean it is it's even obviously this is illegal but what i meant to say was that you know when people were crying about oh this government isn't privatizing anything this government isn't like dissolving all the public sector then arun jetli you know sold 12% of the government shares in coal india and everyone said all the reports were fantastic reforms have begun a week later it dawned that they who's bought it lic so you know so lic is already now. privatized by by bureaucrats who come in and out collect their stuff <laughs> and go it's totally private with with lic the lack of accountability is is so staggering i think a they're not publicly listed so nobody even knows there's no there's no disclosure whatsoever on their part in terms of what they invest in and one of the people that we spoke to um told us that when it comes to even regulating the irda the insurance regulatory uh department uh, insurance regulatory development authority um that regulates the insurance sector um they have absolutely they have very little control in terms of what lic does because the lic only answers to government dictates so where so other insurance companies like hdfc etc they have to follow irda strictures but lic doesn't have to because it's a statutory body so the level of account they're not even accountable to their own regulator so it's it's it could be a scam it may very well be a scam but we cannot know because there's no transparency there's no disclosure also on the part of the lic mention of lic i think has brought the story closer to the common man as well because that is that one name everyone trusts and LIC, you know the whole thing you know, of trust LIC. and that's your only backup for many yeah. that's the only insurance many have so the impact on the common man so i mean the lower income absolutely groups absolutely. the uh, lower the income it's the only saving the only yeah, insurance the lic is from the time i was a little kid was something that everybody got and we also associate it with security yeah. when you realize that exactly. that company is exposed to this extent yeah. to bad loans mm. that image of security takes a serious hit which is not to say that which is not to imply that the lic is anywhere close to going belly up or anything of that sort that's not what i mean to say but the image that the lic has is very different yeah. from what you see when you look at the amount that is owed to it and it people who don't play big money always go to lic you know yeah. people who don't pay stock market or invest in mutuals etc etc everybody almost will have that one lic policy and they hold it very dear to their heart mm. it would be interesting to know uh if to investigate that is lic paying up mm. people whose insurance a time has come to collect whether they're doing it if they're so broke i mean if they're given so well, much well they're money not broke i mean uh, not that this is a uh, this is not an authoritative survey but uh, i do know of uh, at least 10 people who have 
you know, sort of uh, claimed their insurance money a little bit ahead of time and they have got it. It's, they, it's, not, it's cash rich. It's, it's cash rich. Yeah. It's very yeah. cash it's, it's, not, uh, yeah. it's not like if you want money from it, it's not going to pay up to you. But it is certainly exposed. That much yeah. is... Um, and, you know, on Karna's point I mean, of the know, story... The point, sorry, if I can just, yeah. you know, this thing, saying about public sector units being in loss or in profit, it doesn't make any sense at all. Because you have the big daddy supporting them. So, you know, you can tomorrow you can say Air India is making profit, which in fact now it is, but it's just a jumble up of, you know, all the figures and everything. So, you know, these guys will never go into loss. Because the inflow is always there. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow the government will decide, oh, so, you know, you have 100 crores loss or LIC, let me give it 2,000 crores. Nobody's going to ask any questions. So and there's always that PSU. too big to fail argument, right? Particularly with something like LIC, it is too big to fail. Yeah, the government yeah, cannot is. afford to have this going. But you know. my thesis is that they have already failed. It's just that because government is backing them, we don't say that they have failed. If they were private organizations, they would have sunk by now. They would have sunk by now. So you have Scooters India Limited, you have Air India. I mean, would you say Air India has not failed? Of course it has failed for the last 20 years. It's just that the government is backing it. And, you know, there is no public declaration that it has failed because you have the big daddy funding it. Uh, two questions, one for Madhu and one for uh, uh, Manisha and for Garima. I think start with Manisha. Did any, while you were doing this story, uh, preparing for it, did any journalist uh, kind of tell you, ki, or maybe after it was published, ki, Are bhai, mat karo ye, don't do it. Well, we'd if only uh, <laughs> listeners could see Garima's smile right now, if only. So who we told did, you not uh, to do it? Have, one journalist did tell us not to publish it. Why? And, uh, can we give Well, actually, <laughs> he wrote about it. He wrote the next a column the next column. day saying why names should not come out. Oh, yeah. Then you can name Oh, that was, that was very discreet. <laughs> that was really so very discreet. No one will guess who uh, that is. So why did he not want it out? Because it'll spook people. The usual arguments. I don't understand the spook people. Like, if a rapist is out on the street and you decide that we should not tell everybody that there's a rapist out living near you in the neighborhood and because it'll scare women. So, but shouldn't the women be cautious? Shouldn't they be warned? It's the same thing. If people are misappropriating loans and this whole scam that has come out, if you cover it up, it means that it'll continue. It means that you, you, they live with this comfort that they won't be exposed and they'll be forgiven and move on. Not, none of the justification makes sense. I think it's also sense. underestimating uh, the nerve yeah. of business people. Yeah. They yeah. go through crises far more frequently yes. than the average public seems to be aware of yeah. because we only look at uh, large whales essentially or big falls like we're looking at Vijay Malia only but there are a hundred smaller businessmen there are every big business on a weekly basis faces crises and they survive it fine so I don't think I mean if you don't have the stomach for it you're not going to be an entrepreneur and certainly not in India so that that whole uh, they'll be spooked and oh my god and they'll be spooked spooked spooked. present you them as some sort of demons so. or you sign up you just paint them all with you know and say that these guys are criminals or that look at these defaulters like we even we weren't for naming and shaming we were for naming mm. but not shaming yeah. we just put out the facts because they can businesses can fail because it, of a market because of lack of demand for so many different it's not reasons morally wrong, for international business reasons so you i i don't think the all these people should be seen as criminals <laughs> They're defaulters for whatever reason, and people should keep that in perspective. And just in fact, that was the argument that Raghuram Rajan yeah. gave to yeah. the Supreme Court that you know you can have defaulted defaulters, 
for no fault of theirs. I mean, that's what essentially yeah. what, he, yeah, what he meant. But the Supreme Court disagreed. And they said, look, they are taking public money from public sector banks, and it is up to the, uh, you know, there's no harm in disclosing the thing. So, uh, you know, it is not, uh, you cannot be spooked if you take our money, I mean, the public's money, and the public has a right to know that you've no, taken I, the money. I, in fact, if they are spooked on that, they should be spooked. Because please stop giving our money away, you know, without, with any uh, you know, restraint or whatever, because nobody's watching. And no, so we, they have this comfort that you're, oh, you, you know, you spooked. I think it's time for them to get spooked. Yeah. Get I cautious. Think, I think the RBI's argument and position in this whole thing is very telling as to who they think their main sort of stakeholders are. And it's ah. the banks. And it's, it's not the, the depositors. That's a very good point. And it's not, you know, the people who actually own these banks. Um, so uh, That I mean, is an excellent point. So I you think should write a piece on that. We mentioned it. <laughs> we mentioned it She's in tired. <laughs> I don't think either Garima or Manisha want to hear the letters RBI together <laughs> apart for a long time. You said you had a question yeah, for question Madhu. For Madhu you know, interesting because we were having this chat last week about the source for a big, uh, you know, disclosure or something. So because Madhu, you, you said you got the story. Do you think the person who gave you the list had any agenda? Not at all. Not at all. Because um, I can't spell out how it happened, but um, let's say it was the journalist who was on the search. Right. Um, he didn't approach me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That's nice. Mm. Yeah. On that mysterious note, <laughs> I would because like if he the Madhu of your. No, has I'm very suspicious <laughs> of somebody approaching me for a story, and that's happened all my life in journalism, that somebody will come to give me a story. And my first question is, yes, of course, I'll take it, but why is he giving it? Right. And the real story is, why is he giving it? And then explore the real reason of why this story is being planted on me. And that is the true story. You know, very simple thing. For example, when Rajiv Gandhi and Sonia Rajiv was prime minister for the first time, uh, they had their plane refurbished. And somebody within the department of Air India or in the, in the party who wanted to discredit Rajiv Gandhi sent a this thick, let's since it's audio, <laughs> a a four-inch <laughs> thick um, sheaf of papers detailing every single thing of what they had ordered for the plane from Swiss pillows and uh, so many count sheets and uh, cashmere blankets or Jojojo. And every, every journalist in magazines and newspapers got it. And I was at India Today at that time, and this guy who got it showed it to me. And I said, well, what's the story? He says, bus, I'm going to bus publish it. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the real story? The real story was who sent it to him and why. Every, every joker who got it printed it the way it was. That's not journalism. Taking a plant is not journalism. So I think one has to be suspicious when somebody comes to you with a story you don't shut the door, you always listen, you always look at the story, but you have to know why that person is coming. And then you start that as your beginning for the development of your story. So this is a very interesting distinction. You know, I, I wasn't aware of this and I didn't like that. So that you, you have a person who can give you material uh, and if, if the journalist does not, if the person approaches the journalist, you know, the opposite end is the, the journalist has approached the person. Right, so they are distinct differences. Distinct, because yeah. if I was looking for this, it was my initiative and my search that led me to this person. So if he had 
found me and given it to me, then you would have thought. Then what's I would the... say, like, what's in it for him? Why is he doing it? That's my first question. What's in it for him? And I think journalists should remember that. Sorry but to sound given the given we the, take plants a little too easily, right? But I mean, the point is, given the seriousness and the scope of this amazing scoop, supposing the you know this person had actually come along on by his, his own accord and given you the the story, would you have taken it and would we have published it? It would have it? taken much longer. It would have taken much longer. It wouldn't have meant my just taking it and giving it to Garima and Manisha. I would have spent a long time figuring it out myself before giving it to them. You know, the reason for it, why he's doing it, what is his motivation, why should we do it? You know, that would have been the first exploration that I would have done before just giving it to them. But because I was looking for it, it changed it. I need You're to uh, I need to <laughs> flag up something that clearly did not have that much time uh, devoted to it. Did you all see the plastic surgery that uh, Shubhrata Roy got in Tihar jail? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, you didn't. I'm um, going to check it out. Right enough away. trivia. How did I miss this? I I'm a trivia fiend. Uh, sadly, it is not actually. Um, it is not actually a plastic surgery. Oh. Scroll mistakenly put up oh, okay. a photograph of um, a rather prominent Sri Lankan man Rajapaksa. by the name of Rajapaksa <laughs> as Shubhrata Roy, thus confirming the fact that any man brown-coloured with a moustache basically looks the same. <laughs> Alright, now we have, because Kroll, let me be very, very clear, and I mean this very honestly and earnestly, is a wonderful news resource. They have done great work. They are usually extremely accurate. Which is why I feel clearly everyone with a big fat mooch looks exactly the same. <laughs> Could also mean that Subrata Roy has been away from the public eye for so long that we've forgotten what he we've looks forgotten like. We've forgotten what it he looks like. Yeah, the guy on the but desk. You know, such, such, think, did all of you, Madhu didn't see it, but did all of you who saw it, did you immediately think that, I would oh, that's Raja I think it's not him. Because he wears those uh, uh, Jackets, sleeveless yeah. tuxedos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and An the invention of his own. Yeah. A sleeveless tuxedo. Yes, different. Wow. But you know, this kind of thing is very common on Twitter. This is almost, you know, you find such errors mm -hmm. or faux pas uh, at least three or four a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, Scroll has done it. They gave Bharat Ratna to uh, Manoj Kumar instead of, and Dada Saab Phalke to uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee. And um, so. Uh, Why do you think that happens? Do you think it's just carelessness because of speed? Yeah. So I did actually check this with one of the desk people at one of the new media organizations and it is also because a lot of the people posting out uh, aren't journalists mm. so they get stories sometimes they put in wrong pictures because they're not careful and they're also putting out a lot of posts but then you have malini so who's the editor at that point the editor of hindu you know when the uh, uh, the rains chennai rains during the chennai floods she was posting pictures of mumbai yeah no come on yes yeah, i yeah. tweeted it Yes, she was not only that, that was a Photoshop picture. The boat oh, at the Bombay yeah. station. It was the yes. worst Photoshop ever. But where did yeah. she get it? And boat NDTV, in a was, NDTV was posting pictures of Chicago airport saying this is Chennai airport. Yeah, and there was that rescue which was well, done in Syria. Yes. Syria. And, no, and those Chinese soldiers who are Nepal the earthquake was Bolivian earthquake. So, yeah. you know, this is. Those two children. Right. But uh, I feel. So when it circulates on social media, uh, as we have realized, authenticating these images becomes harder on one hand. You'd hope that another journalist wouldn't make a mistake like that, but at least that's on social media. I really feel that because the web allows you to edit, um, 
I'm not in favor of editing something that's been published. I would like to believe that you know you go through the whole rigor of making sure that it's error free before you actually put it out. But because there is that option of editing, which we didn't have in the age of print, I just feel that there's less attention to these details because you're thinking that if I make a mistake, it's okay. It's not okay. But it isn't okay. If there's, in fact, I think these mistakes online just have a much longer lifespan than they used because to. Both of them are up, out there. And also, and yeah. I think the problem is that when you see the mistakes on television, on networks, uh, mainstream media, a lot of them, a lot of mistakes on the stings, the subs, all that spelling mistakes, yeah. name mistakes, wrong picture, you know, all that kind of thing. I think a lot of that is done by non-journalists. Hmm. Okay, exactly. so this compulsiveness to detail, spelling, accuracy of image is not there. They're techies. Hmm. And techies are not known for that. So, uh, that and the I, irony that's why is I that think the error you know, level on Twitter, is high. Madhu, irony is that the techies are the are ones who spot checkers. these. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, for example, Robert Mugabe, the piece was Twitter thing, and they showed one Haryanvi lady saying Robert <laughs> Mugabe celebrates, you know, <laughs> birthday with a cake. Close. And then it was yeah. Pachori's Pachori's <laughs> story. Manila. They showed Karthi Chidambaram. Now, you know, if it yeah, was if it was UPA, probably Karthi would have sued. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but okay, this is the point at which I need to make a mid-episode announcement. Mm -hmm. um, NL Hafta is available on SoundCloud as well as on iTunes. And if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, you can find the iTunes link below in the description. If you are indeed on SoundCloud, then remember that the pieces that we're talking about, they're going to be in our news laundry page. So you need to go over there. SoundCloud doesn't let us put links. Um, and the other thing that I did want to tell you is that I have a question for you, Anand. Is JNU really um, the den of organized sex rackets? <laughs> and when, when is the next admission season? <laughs> what are they <laughs> because now what do they I understand. Organized sex. Is it a drill? <laughs> How does they organize I love this. <laughs> Saturday sex, 4 p.m. Like that. It's like organized sex. What is I'm, organized about sex? An organized sex racket sounds like the best university to work <laughs> in. I know, we, we should just really apply. Is I'm, this why you haven't sent part two so of your wonderful <laughs> Ambed Karatika? So let me just say, you know, it, the Kohinoor has always been in India. <laughs> <laughs> Were you one of the university teachers on the report? No, no, absolutely. What is it? Scandalous. <laughs> I would never rise to the occasion. <laughs> Anand says this just slightly pink around his ears. <laughs> <laughs> I read this uh, report yeah. that came in India today, this morning, and uh, I mean it's a bunch of I think 11, 10 or eleven teachers 11. who've yeah eleven teachers who've, who've written this, and who do uh, don't like by if I can I don't know I mean what they, do they mean by I don't understand I mean college life I have two children who've been through college all of you who have recently been through college I think it's to describe young adults. Um, experiencing life in every form which is questioning uh, questioning norms uh, they're away from their parents for the first time they have freedom I mean these teachers professors should be appreciative <laughs> of the fact that these young people are now free to to grow up no and the language some of the language yeah. you know the quotes I mean I can only it quote from the so story prudish. they're saying they have you know uh, impure this is impurity uh, coming in or some there are okay, no can I, can I quote one line sex workers have I mean, been openly employed in hotel mess hostel Hostel. messes 
<laughs> where they not only lure JNU girls into their organized racket, but also pollute the boys. Pollute the yeah. Gets better. Pollute how the boys. How lure, lure the girls and pollute the boys? Yes. So it, it, they can't imagine a girl luring a boy and polluting the girls. And uh, freshers are particularly inducted in this ring of vice by luring through money, sex, drugs and alcohol so that they become tied up with the cause of foreign agencies. Because oh of my course, God, this is It's all foreign. DU is being like, you know, they make DU sound like the boringest place mm. on In fact, I, I don't quite know that uh, if JNU has separate hostels for girls, hmm. I, I don't, do, I don't does know. it? It has yeah, separate hostels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing. I mean, in India, you have separate hostels for girls. Yeah. Outside, you don't. I mean, it's like a, you know. But already so much sex happening? <laughs> separate hostel family. <laughs> Terrible. No, but I'll and tell you, when I was in college in Delhi University, the girls who looked very slick and in, you know, noisy and going to parties and everything, uh, they were actually sexually quite prudish. They would draw the line. Yeah. And the girls who came from regional areas and Hindi belt schools and everything, they were the most sexually active. They looked like real Munis with their, you know, uh, one plait and this and that, but they were hot. One but plait this is white something, cat, not bad. This is something like that branding. we see each year in the sex survey that India Today brings out as well. <laughs> that the small The new towns, copy must be coming now, I think, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> every time on it. Is it in you? <laughs> Can I pick my copy? That's the dossier. Uh, but I mean, small towns are constantly yeah. more sexually active than uh, big cities are. And as a friend of mine in Bombay had uh, very um, astutely observed, that uh, especially in Bombay, you don't have time to have sex. You're stuck in a traffic jam. <laughs> seems to be true of D Delhi as well, by the way. Um, I don't know in how Delhi, we have In Delhi, you can have, have it on alternate days now. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say a prayer of thanks that odd it's even is over. going to be it's over. Ending. All right? Yay. Happiness. Um, Okay, uh, I'm going to open this out to you guys. What should we talk about next? We have that fabulous Jairam Ramesh uh, edit, right. which I think is amazing. We have uh, a very, very alarming situation in our neighbor, Bangladesh, where uh, there's a crazy amount of uh, lawlessness and anarchy seemingly at play. Um, we have generally other things that have been happening in the news as well. What would we like to go with? So maybe we can begin with the uh, Jairam Ramesh's uh, piece on. So, you know, this is about... Um, and in fact, I would like to bring in Madhu after a while because that question is very pertinent. So, you know, now this Augusta Westland thing is yes. going on and the Congress seems cornered and, you know. Uh, but now we have this something called the uh, Krishna Godavari Basin mm -hmm. scam, which Congress is saying is a scam. And uh, so here are the details of it. So in 2003 or 2005, Narendra Modi said that they have found 20 trillion cubic feet of gas in Krishna Godavari Basin. And before that, I mean, this was the largest find. Before that, I think Reliance had discovered 14 yeah. trillion uh, yeah. cubic feet. And since then, uh, it's been 11 years, and uh, very little of that 20 trillion uh, cubic feet of gas has been actually, uh, you know, taken out. Um, and the whole onus was put on this Gujarat um, Petroleum State Petroleum Gujarat Corporation, State Petroleum Corporation GSPC. So they got, the, they had the onus to actually discover this and explore this and so the, okay. now, yeah, so uh, a CAG report, multiple CAG reports have come out on this and the latest one was published in March, which they say that uh, GSPC has till now spent 19,000 and some odd, 20,000 odd crores 
in this whole business in the last 11 years. And they have listed out a litany of, you know, disastrous errors that these guys have made in this exploration, you know, kind of wasting. And this is most of the loans. Uh, a, it is a public sector uh, uh, undertaking, Gujarat, uh, whatever, Petroleum Corporation. And B, the loans that they have taken are from public sector banks. So yet again, I mean, you know, coming back to the story, that, so here, here again, yet again, we have our money being, you know, being loaned by public sector banks to corporations whose board members seem to be, according to the CAG, making wholly whimsical and illogical decisions. Mm -hmm. And Jairam Ramesh has call, called it a scam. Mm -hmm. uh, it is not very clear to me because I just read a rebuttal of it by Rajiv Kumar in Financial Express, point by point rebuttal of Jairam Ramesh, mm -hmm. saying that these things have happened before. And uh, uh, you know the board has taken, is independent, has taken these decisions, and the gas has come out, and so on and so forth. He's actually rebutted it. So I suggest those who read the Hindu piece of Jaram Ramesh also read the rebuttal uh, in the Financial Express. Which Having, the link for which is below. Uh, the, the link. I for just which want to know, Anand, wh what is the reason for no recovery of gas? Like, what is the explanation? Well, the, the whole point is it happens. I mean, you you know, you can go wrong. It so may not be there. Uh, it is not fair, the first time. To be fair, Jairam Ramesh yeah. mentions that in his article as well. Right. That not every exploration will have a hundred percent chance of recovery. However, given how much was stocked up, one would not expect zero recovery. Is Jairam Ramesh's point? Zero recovery means. So in fact, there was I mean, nothing there. So the, where is the scam? There's really not a scam. So, right, exactly. So he, the, here they are, thought that they were going so to get gas. It's a failed gas. project. It's a so, failed project. So a, no, you and see, it again, can happen. no, but, but the point they've is, they've spent nineteen thousand seven hundred crores. That also you find what Madhu has a point. It, it, you can call it a, you know, a failed project, which was the BJP is calling it. Congress calling it a scam. Now, when does it become scam? When you realize that the nineteen thousand crore rupees that, that you've got, how have you got it? On who has asked you to give this money and who, on what have you spent the money on? So what Jaram Ramesh is alleging is that the people who were contracted by GSPC were this you know, one-man organization or two-man organization who were not experts in the field at all. Mm -hmm. Now the whole point is, where have you spent this money on? That is the scam, Madhu. Not the point that they have failed, it's fine. ONGC has failed in exploration so many times. Reliance said 14, million, 14 trillion, it's not, that's okay. The point is, it is our money, how have you spent it? Now, I'm, I'm still not going to say it is a scam as yet, but the whole point is, CAG report came out that lambasted the, uh, the UPA, all remember, for next two years, BJP immediately called it a scam, it's a scam, it's a scam. All Congress people said it's not a scam, 1,76,000 is not a scam. Now, what I mean to say is, Jairam Ramesh may be biased, which he's clear about his bias, but CAG, I would like to believe, is not biased. Yeah. You have to answer the CAG, especially because you believed CAG when UPA was in power. So I think a lot more of this would be revealed in the coming days, and it must be investigated. Where is that? Where did that 19,000 crore... Yeah, yeah, and it's the use of public money, money right? Also, it is our money. Just one. I beg your pardon? When was this loan given? This, oh, last 11 years. So then it was in the UPA's time? Yes, it was in the UPA's time as well. So then why is he complaining? It was the state government. Well, because the, it was a Gujarat State Petroleum Corporation and it was in fact on Narendra Modi's onus. When he was the chief that minister. They, when he was the chief minister that they got this project. I just want to know so one what thing I though. See happening yeah. is it's very interesting that all the scams that have come out <laughs> in the last fortnight, Ishrat, Samjhota, Augusta, um, Augusta, how do you say it? Aga, I'm saying it like Agastya. Yeah. There is no you yeah. after A. It's Agasta. not the month. It's Agasta. Agasta. Yeah. Agasta. Yeah, probably in Italian um, it's a It seems to me, one, 
that the BJP government is spending a lot of time with a team of people examining all the documents of the UPA's time to dig up stuff, okay? Then the Congress is not sleeping either. So they're doing their own digging Madhu, and I'm, like what Jairam has done. I'm not too sure about the other because the, it is a, the Congress allegation is based on the CAG report. So the Congress has nothing to do with it. And the Augusta thing is based on the Italian court thing. About the Ishrat and the, uh, uh, the Samjuta, that you can say that yeah. NIA has, you know. But this Jairam kind of, has put some, you know, brawn and brain to this. That he down. has. That he, yes. So I'm it's saying they're doing... It's a very well written uh, yeah. yes. So they, what I'm saying is that you're having a battle going it on. It is a battle. And on... this is now the question I want to ask you, you see. And you have seen, Madhu, over the last 20, 30 years... 48. That, okay. <laughs> 48 <laughs> right. years in the business. 48 years wow. in the business of journalism. Older that, than all of you. Right. Uh, so many scams have come. Hardly anyone uh, has been punished for it. Is it because if, you know, just like Gabbar said, Khud Gabbar, Lohai Lohai ko kaat sakta hai. Moment you unearth a scam, the other party unearths a scam, which is equivalent or whatever, and then, you know, the whole thing gets fizzles out. Is that think, the case? I think the watershed was before the Tehelka scam, if there was a scam, there were repercussions. Somebody was made to resign, somebody resigned on their own, they were shifted out, whatever. When the Tehelka scam uh, Telka exposed Operation West End of bribes being taken by army officers, by Jay Jetli, by Bangaru Lakshman, who was the president of the BJP. The BJP was in power at that time. All that happened. And if Congress was a party that was organized and if BJP was in their position, they would have made the government fall. That was the first time that after such a big expose, the government stood exactly where it is. Look, VP Singh had to resign over something much smaller, the mandal, just on the mandal issue, because the students of the country went on a rampage all over the country, over 215 people died, and he had to resign for that. Okay, now what do you see? People are, scams ko chodo, murders take place, riots take place, nobody resigns, uh, resigns, and I think, and governments don't fall. And I think, I think that sorry. was the watershed. That when they, like there was a time when Lal Bahadur Shastri resigned because there was a rain, yeah. railway accident. Yeah. How is he responsible? Accidents happen, but he resigned. So that tradition was broken the, when that Tehelka expose. They just jud ke bait ke. Ke jo marzi karna karo, jo marzi bolna bolo, hum kuch nahi karenge. We are not, and if they brought up Tehelka, they bring up Bofors. So that's when this two men started. It's a quid pro quo. I think, yeah, yeah scammy scam. And then one more point that when, for example, this is a rumor that when, say, for example, a rumor that a deal was made that you've got a son-in-law, we've got a son-in-law. You don't touch ours, we won't touch yours. Hmm. That went on for quite a bit. In fact, it, they said it publicly as well. If I'm not mistaken, Digvijay Singh said it publicly. Oh, really? Yes. He said that we were quiet about uh, Ranjan Bhattacharji and you know... Oh, he hinted that. Huh? Yeah, he, he said it. In fact, he said it. In fact, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, Madhu, now the, the question is, do you think something will happen on this Agastha thing? That's the million dollar question. Or will it go the Beaufort's way? Will I think it, go it will the... go the Beaufort's way. I, I don't think... First of all, uh, the Congress Party is not in power. So, if they were in power, it, they, something could have happened. The fact is that since they're not in power and they're sort of a ragtag party right now with very few 
members in parliament, um, I don't think much can happen. Um, Sonia's name, in fact, I don't think is there. There's AP, Ahmed Patel, and uh, uh, the family they're presuming is the Tyagi family and not the Gandhi family. Hmm. So I don't know how it will directly impact uh, the Congress party. And uh, the tradition is like brazen it through. Now it's brazen it through is the culture. And that is really sad because one, it demeans the work of journalists mm. who go out and expose these things. And then you say, oh, kuch nahi hua. Look at the number of things that have happened where there's been, you think that something, there should be some impact. I think one of the most recent examples is the Narada scam. Yeah. It's had absolutely no impact on anybody in the West Bengal government, despite all of them being quite flatly implicated in, uh, in uh, they just issued one uh, notice saying that this is not true and just went ahead with election campaigns. So it's campaigns. like duck, uh, water off a duck's back. Everything, they become deets. Jo marzi bolto, jo marzi liklo, ye to bolte hi and they just go over it. So that's why when people say, you know, nowadays a lot of, um, there's a lot of heat by, in fact, BJP, maybe a little bit shrouded, against Supreme Court, against judicial activism. You know, I'm against that because I think Supreme Court is our only hope. If you do not have judicial activism, but whatever you might call, call it. I would call it judicial activism. I think if the judiciary does not put the, uh, the other organs in, in uh, our, our uh, constitution, with the three that exist, if one of them is not putting a, uh, a stop or a watchdog or an alarm that listen, behave yourself, somebody has to do it. If you but leave it to these guys, look what they're doing. It's scam versus scam. But don't you think, uh, Madhu, that there are alarmingly, uh, that the judiciary is coming close to stepping on the executive's toes from time to time? I mean, this, it seems like everything. You know, so. this has happened from Indira Gandhi's time, all right? So whenever she, uh, the Supreme Court stopped her from doing something, she would pass, uh, pass it in Parliament and do whatever she liked. Mm -hmm. Okay, the royalty was abolished because she decided. Things were uh, uh, nationalized because it was an act in Parliament. Everything was done and then Rajiv Gandhi followed the same tradition. Mm -hmm. So it happened in um, Shabanu's case mm -hmm. that the Supreme Court orders, I mean look at it, 500 rupees a month for an old woman who's lived with her husband for like 50 years and because he was told that you lose the Muslim vote, yeah. they pass, this makes the, the ruling the Supreme Court gave Shabanu ridiculous. So anytime there's always been a clash between the judiciary and the hmm. uh, executive legislature, whatever, and I think uh, in a constitution it's inevitable, hmm. and, but I do think that the politicians get away with it which is the worst thing. Like Rajiv Gandhi got away with it, Indira Gandhi got away with it. And they do, I think that is the time when people in social media, and today it's a different time, should react and put pressure on the government. But do you think now, uh, this is something I'd like to put to everyone here, do you think that the judiciary gets impacted by the public opinion? Because I... I don't know if it's necessarily not trial by media these days. Trial by yeah, social they do media, get, they rather. They do get impacted. Like this, the, the Justice Verma Commission has come out with things which are a little extreme. Hmm. You know, hmm. uh, to the point of, because of the reaction of the country to December 16th, hmm. the rape uh, on December the 16th, 
the, they've come up with strictures which are really, some of them are unreasonable. You wanted this to never happen again. You wanted the fear of God to be put in everybody so that they wouldn't do things like this. But there is definitely an impact this, um, on the judiciary. On the judiciary. On you can't stop them from watching television. You can't that stop them from watching yeah. Arnab. And there are many cases <laughs> which Arnab has taken up, which has been dead wrong, such as the Talwar case, which he made it a case of rich people against poor servants. When all the forensics said that this the the servant was responsible in his uh, knock what do you call Narco that analysis. Yeah. analysis he admitted it the, i don't want to go into the details but clearly all the evidence was pointing to the servant but he made it into rich doctor dentist gets away and and it was it did influence and you read the judgment if you've seen the film you've read this uh, avi book. book you see that and and he i think arnab did influence that decision but and is it that right and it's very wrong there we go so what do you think karna no i think judges are humans and like madhu said they're watching tv they're on twitter so this when the judgment especially talwar case i'm sorry which judges on twitter because i must follow <laughs> <laughs> troll the hell out former judges i will give you a list of others uh, but they do see what's happening and there is a human reaction to it so i think they do defer and I don't Plus, know we don't have a jury system, you see. So, you know, it's all on the judge. Yeah, yeah it's all and, on that uh, person. Garba, do you think the... case was a good case in point. In fact, when Madhu interviewed Justice Kadju, and there's a, a you know, video of that. Very funny interview. It was a, a fantastic interview, where uh, Madhu asked the same question. And Justice Kadju said, Why? I'm not a man. I also want to see the camera sometimes. So, I also want to go to I can assure you, He's not a man who's ever seen a cabaret. <laughs> He's all in his fantasies. <laughs> All yeah, just the image of Justice Kadju <laughs> in a cabaret is uh, unnerving. <laughs> Garma, do you think do you think that the judiciary gets impacted, and do you think that should happen? Because to my mind, the judiciary is not supposed to be. It's supposed to act independently. In fact, it's supposed to guide opinion rather than be guided by opinion. But that's in an ideal world, I accept. But what do you think? No, I do agree, and I think that there. I, I think the, the, especially the the higher courts, the Supreme Court and the High Courts. Mm -hmm. I think their sort of role is to ensure that the Constitution is respected and followed mm. in everything. And I think that where they think that the Constitution is being, um, is not being followed or mm. it is being violated. Violated. That's the word. Um, I think that they should then act. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that in in practical everyday life, a judge can make the distinction between whether they are being um, affected by opinion or they are affecting opinion. But I think that keeping the constitution and the constitutionality of what's happening in the parliament or in society as a whole, I think that should be the anchor and the benchmark versus um, whether or not. Uh, they are being impacted by public opinion or not. See, I am of the belief, uh, Dips, that uh, society should not influence the judge. Right. The judge should influence the society. I agree. But for that, you require, I mean, there is obviously the caveat, a judge to be exceedingly liberal, exceedingly, you know, in worse with what is the most humane and justice, uh, you know, the point. Of, I mean, for example, if we take the, the U.S. Supreme Court decision that, uh, you know, allowed gay marriages. Yeah. Now, if you were to take a vote in America, 
the majority of the Americans would say that no, gay marriages are not. But the judges, so it is the question of judges changing the society rather than the society influencing the judges. In that case, no, but in that case, I think that the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court, at least when this decision came out, the Supreme Court had an equal number of conservative and liberal judges. And I think that public opinion and acceptance, especially state level acceptance, was what really pushed the Supreme Court to accept gay marriage. But I don't think the majority of the states were for gay marriages. No, the majority of the bigger states had started to, and public opinion had started to move in so that That's favor. a progressive view that the yeah. judge took. Yeah. But it is because... You know, I think it's it was a because of it was a judgment. I think five to four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, but I mean, take a, take a look at where we stand mm -hmm. on a similar issue, the Section 377, for instance. And they keep bouncing back yeah. and forth. Uh, I think there was a huge problem of uh, if the judges had been looking at 377 from anything other than an impacted by popular point of view perspective, they would have struck this down. In fact, the High Court struck it down. Exactly. Exactly. That was yeah, and it was based on a higher constitutional principle of equality. Exactly. Every citizen. So I think that's really that's really needs to be the anchor which which the courts need to be I guess no, also at. there's a vague interpretation allowed because when you say unnatural sex how do you decide what is unnatural what is natural to me may be unnatural to another person no, but so that problem, leaves it open well that was the problem I mean among the many problems with 377 is that it defines what unnatural is in ways that um, so are Victorian not, definition yeah, hundred year old yeah, law you know exactly. what the Brits found then unnatural. And Brits were Victorian, which is like superficially you're like this, but behind doors they were the worst. Yeah. But they imprisoned Oscar Wilde. I mean, you know, for two That's years. That's it. Yeah. And look at all the stories of the uh, in those days called homosexuals who were harassed, arrested. The guy who did that computer, there was a film made. Turing. Turing. Exactly. Alan look Turing what committed to him. suicide. Yeah. 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 So. There's a history of that. So if but, there was... Uh, sorry, if sorry. I could just come back to... Just remembered one thing about this Augusta thing. Today, I think the pioneer has come up with a report that the some guy, uh, scamster, quote-unquote, in the Augusta thing, has alleged that... has said that he paid uh, 5 million euros to the Indian media. Wow. What? Yes. 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 So, so the Indian media... To do what? To kind of keep the whole thing, you know... Like editors? Yeah. Like what does he mean Indian media? Well, they're living very <laughs> simply. <laughs> if they got five million euros, where did it go? So, you yeah. know. Why wasn't I a journalist yes. back yeah. then? I think that's a bit of a boast. I can't see 50 million, 50 million? No, five million Five million euros. euros. So five million euros. euros. Let's look at who's going to farmhouse. You know, uh, uh, a, few, <laughs> a few years ago, the uh, artist Banksy had uh, pulled this stunt in London where he distributed, well, he just kind of literally flung money around. Mm -hmm. And then when you looked closely at the pound note, it had Diana on it. <laughs> there were a lot of people who actually thought that it was real money and were going to pay and took the money as well and then realized, um, maybe not. I feel like this five million might no, have been I a think, bit like that. I think also, I think it has to be, I, like to I find it hard to believe because I don't think journalists need that much, that much money to either keep quiet or to write a story. Okay, but it's also five for much less. <laughs> for much less, a dinner and a, and a glass of wine <laughs> is enough. So I don't. I'm not saying that. Uh, 
we're cheapskates, but still, uh, I don't. <laughs> we need think at that least can... one entire bottle, all right? Whatever not just it is, one whatever glass. Whatever it is, it <laughs> seems that number does not sit right. But you unless know, I mean, unless you're buying a paper. A related story appeared a year ago, where the uh, the University of Cambridge, I think, opened the Mitrokin archives, mm -hmm. and there they said that in the 70s, um, uh, the KGB had on its payroll about 170 Indian journalists, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, so did the CIA. So it was, a, and the, uh, in the 80s, uh, no, So even straight question, Madhu. Huh. You know of a KGB agent, Indian journalist? To you, Madhu. <laughs> at, at this time, no, then yes. Then you knew? Yes, then I knew. But everyone knew, it, and he would be also comfortable with saying. <laughs> it was not such a hidden, this thing. And there was also another scam. I wouldn't call it a scam, it was kind of fun. In the 80s, uh, if you wanted a free trip around America, huh. uh, you, they took you to California to, uh, you know, see the mountains there and the lakes in the midway, and, and and then you go to Disney World in Florida and Statue of Liberty. And you wrote a whole lot of anti-American stories. Okay, you wrote negative stories about America, 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 Gandhi Gandhi stories, and then the American embassy would contact you, and they would say. Listen, we want to show you America. Ah. So people who wanted That's a free trip, a, list. <laughs> a lot of people would do that, and, and they would get this lovely trip. Somebody it who worked so for me. It is so sad that the times have changed. <laughs> I know, we've The person who worked for me did this. And he says, I'm, Madhu, I'm only doing this because I want a trip. And he went. Wow. <laughs> wow. Tragically, not only have the times changed, but we have also run out of time. So I'm going to have to wrap up this uh, session of Hafta. But thank you again, Garima, for coming in to this well session. Done, Garima and well and done, yes, both absolutely. Garima and Manisha, for being stars. Uh, thank you, Anand and Madhu and Karuna for... Uh, you know, giving us things to talk about. And uh, thank you, everyone who's been listening. You. See you or actually hear you next week. Uh, please subscribe to News Laundry once again. And uh, Abhinandan will be back. And there will also be a song. As uh, Anand, if only this was a video, then you would have seen him making strange <laughs> gestures in the air, which I Anand, sort of stared what at. What song would you um, like? What he meant was a song. But I think this week, Manisha, you should pick the song. Yes. Because... Um, don't do Golmal. Pesa, Pesa. <laughs> <laughs> We've done Golmal so many times. <laughs> oh, there is that uh, Rishi Kapoor song, right? Pesa, Pesa. No, that one, uh, whole thing is that ki bhaiya sabse bada rupaiya. Chalo, there it is. That's our song for the week. Give us the rupaiya, by the way. That would be <laughs> lovely. Um, and yeah, next week we'll be back. Na bevi na bacha, na baap bada na maiya. The whole thing is that ki bhaiya sabse bada rupaiya. ना बीवी ना बच्चा ना बाप बड़ा ना मैया द होल थिंग इज दैट के भैया सबसे बड़ा रुपया कैच ऑल न्यू एपिसोड्स ऑफ एनएल हफ्ता ऑन न्यूज लॉन्ड्री डॉट कॉम एंड फॉलो अस ऑन ट्विटर एंड फेसबुक